Welcome to our Wednesday night devotional and prayer meeting. I realize that I'm not the face that you probably expected to see delivering the message tonight. So for those of you who maybe don't know who I am, I am Kelly Lester, otherwise known as the pastor's wife, or maybe even Isaiah and Sophie and Anne Catherine's mom, and that's okay. I'm honored to be all of those things. But as we go on in tonight's time of devotion, you'll see that who I am is so much more than those titles because I am a child of the King, as are all believers in Christ. Recently, I was reminded of some truths in the Bible as my family experienced a funny and recurring situation. And as I share tonight, I hope and pray that it will cause you to think and maybe dig a little deeper in God's word yourselves. But before we go any further, I would like to thank you for taking just a few moments to tune in to tonight's prayer meeting. And because it's a prayer meeting, I would like to invite you to join me in prayer. So let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight thanking you for who you are, for who you've created us to be, and for the inheritance that we stand to receive as followers of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would meet each one of us where we are, both physically and spiritually, and that this message that I deliver would resonate with someone and that you would use it to glorify you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Who, Who, Who Are You was a game that my husband Todd played with his dad as a child. And many of you have probably heard the story. So several years ago, Todd used that as the theme of a baccalaureate service that he was asked to speak at, where he posed the question to graduates to go beyond maybe their family line or their social status or who others have labeled them to be and question um, who they are. So recently, my father-in-law passed away and my husband spoke at his memorial service using the theme, who, who, who was Z.T. Lester? And that got me to thinking about that question and I was reminded of some biblical and personal experiences that caused me to think about the importance of who we say we are and how that relates to who others say that we are. But lastly, and more importantly, who God says that we are. So have you ever been through a restaurant drive through line and been asked by the attendant, can I get a name for this order? Well, we eat out a lot, and so they ask my husband often um, his name, and more times than not, he is misunderstood, and inevitably, when we get to the window, his name is wrong. And it happens so often that it's become a running joke in our family, so much so that now he says and spells his name in hopes of being understood correctly. So I got to thinking about how many times we have been misunderstood or given a name other than our birth name. Some of those names through the years may be endearing, while others may be derogatory. In the Bible, we are reminded of a time when Daniel and his three friends, as well as thousands of his countrymen, were held captive and deported to a distant land after Judah had been conquered. And at the hands of their captors, and in hopes of better transitioning them to their new Babylonian culture, they were each given new names with new meanings. So in Daniel 1-7, he recounts the situation. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. And to Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. And so while many of us who are 
aware of this story. Um, what I got to thinking about, many of us are more familiar um, with the Babylonian names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, while we continue to know Daniel by his birth name, Daniel. So the Hebrew meaning of the name Daniel means God is my judge, while his changed name, Belshazzar, was a reference to Bel, the chief Babylonian god. And so Daniel refused to be known or defined by the name that had been given to him by his captors. Instead, he held fast to his faith and to his God, regardless of his company or his circumstances. And so names and identities were important, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. Many times when Bible characters came to know the Lord, their names were changed. For example, Saul became Paul, and Abram became Abraham, and Jacob became Israel. In Matthew 16, 13, we see Jesus ask his disciples a general question. Who do people say that I am? And in Luke 9, 18, he asked them again, who do the crowds say that I am? And then finally, Jesus goes on and asks his disciples a more personal and more pointed question. In Matthew 16, 15, and again in Mark 8, 29, and in Luke 9, 20, he says, who do you say that I am? It's important to note that what others say is true about you can be entirely different and in some ways less consequential than what you say about yourself. If Jesus thought that it was important to pose those questions to his disciples and to the followers, then it's equally fitting that we ask him the question, Lord, who do you say that I am? If we can accept Jesus Christ for who he is, our Savior and our Lord, then we also need to be able to accept the truth about who he says we are, a child of the King. Many of us have allowed others to define who we are with definitions that are contrary to who God intended for us to be. In doing so, we have allowed others to redefine who we are in an attempt to conform us to the pattern of the world. Like Daniel's captors, our enemy, the devil, wants to not only change how the world sees us, but more importantly, he wants to change how we see ourselves. Romans 12.2 specifically addresses this coup on our identity and gives us a clear directive in dealing with such instances. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By throwing off the names and identities that others have cast on us, we will then be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Daniel's life serves as a great example for all of us as we try to remain faithful to God despite an increasingly ungodly culture which we're living in now. So I ask you the question, who are you? What names have you been called that you need to cast off in your quest to find your true identity in Christ? Don't allow anyone, captor or companion or even drive through attendant to change who the Lord says that you are. So let's pray. Lord, we come to you again thanking you for this time that we've been able to devote to you. I pray, Lord, that each one of us would examine our hearts and that we would um, would you would remove any sin that we are harboring so that you can hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that um, you would meet us right where we are. 
And Lord, many of us come with heavy hearts, with many prayer requests and problems, but we also know that we have much to be thankful for and we have praises. And Lord, I pray that each one of us would would also look at life to find the good because we know that if we look for the bad, we will find it. But if we look for the good, we will surely find that. And Lord, I just pray that you would meet um, each one of these requests and that you would help us to be more like Christ in all that we say and do. And I pray that um, each one of us would take time to look over this prayer list and that um, you would answer them according to your will and that you would give us the strength and the endurance to handle whatever that is. Lord, we thank you in advance and we praise your holy name and we thank you for who you are, for who you've created us to be, and Lord, that we would stay true to who that is. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you soon.
powerful name. 